It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay them, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Geno time, we watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we want to thank you for taking us along with you every single day, Monday through Friday, because that's what we do. We are the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales, Jay King. Living the good life in Cleveland, Ohio, getting ready for real basketball. It's a good feeling. Real basketball. basketball. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, And it's going to involve Marcus Smart and his impending restricted free agency because they did not come to an agreement at the 6 p.m. deadline on Monday. So. Now Marcus Smart is ready to march into restricted free agency, and it is just a weird, wild little place for Marcus Smart to be because he is just a weird player when it comes to figuring out his value and his contractual stuff. It's just he lives in this weird world, Jay, that how can you figure out – what? how can you quantify financially exactly what Marcus Smart is worth? Well, he's good at basketball. So that he's got that going in his favor. That, that's a start. That's <laughs> I, a good start. I, I think a lot of it will come down to whether he, there's one team willing to overpay to try to steal him away from the Celtics. Because when other teams look at Boston, they they understand the Celtics are going to be looking at steep luxury tax bills down the line. Like they're they're already paying Gordon Hayward and Al Horford max money. Kyrie Irving is his contract's going to almost double in a couple of years, and then Marcus Smart on top of it, it, it's it would be tough to pay him a huge huge contract. Like I'm not saying there's a line in the sand that they won't go over, but it would hurt the Celtics to have to pay him a huge contract because the luxury tax bills it's it's going to add up, and so other teams get real expensive. Yeah, so other teams, I, I think there's a possibility that other teams especially like a a bad younger team with cap space, let's say like Indiana, Phoenix Suns, a team like that could potentially look at Marcus Smart and think, you know what, we'll overpay him or pay him a lot of money and hope the Celtics don't match. And if they do match, it screws the Celtics because they'll have to just pay Marcus Smart a lot in both salary and luxury taxes. And if they don't match, then they – the other team gets a good player in Marcus Smart who can help them for a long time. So the, that's that's the risk you run by not signing him to an extension. Obviously, then you have the restricted free agency market 
which can often drive down the prices for guys. There's a chance the Celtics get him still at a bargain price. So it's it's probably worth the risk for him. I don't know exactly what numbers were being tossed around in the negotiations. Um, but yeah, it's a tricky situation, especially because of their financial situation. Yeah, there's so much at play. and I, I find Marcus Smart's contract fascinating because of just all of these different factors. This is... I mean, this is real wonkish stuff. Like, this isn't, this is a deep dive into NBA business and how the situation can affect how much money a guy makes. And it doesn't have anything to do with how good he is or what his actual value is. Like, Marcus Smart, if the Celtics were in a different situation, would may even have a contract right now or an extension in place. But because of all of this stuff, he doesn't. So let's I, – I love this stuff. So let's start with – okay, so the 6 o'clock deadline passed. The, there were reports that they were the, – the Celtics and Smart were close, but they never, they, never made, uh, they, they never made up that ground. So his agent, who is awesomely named Happy Walters, said today, uh, according to Mark Murphy, quote, it will cost them a lot more next year and also – we were being very reasonable. So they said that they were not looking for some sort of rookie max extension. Whatever the number is, I don't know if that's going to come out, what they said and what the Celtics said. But his agent did what agents are supposed to do, advocated for his client. And he said it will cost a lot more next year. Can, we, that can we both agree that that was probably the agent quote of the year to date? It will cost them a lot more next year. Like just oh, yeah, the ominous great. tones behind it. I I love that agent quote. That's just top of the line right there. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, he came right out and was like, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, we're not happy about this. Yeah. Not, we're happy, not happy." So. <laughs> uh, and every time I, I hear the name Happy Walters, I think of Happy, happy Gilmore, Gilmore every yeah. single time. I knew as soon as you said it, I think of course. Of course. I got, I've just got those quotes running through my head all day because of Happy of Walters. So shout out to him for making, <laughs> making me think of Chubbs Peterson Golf Pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's sitting there looking at the contract. Just go home. <laughs> Too good for your home? Oh, boy. All right. So the Celtics, for those of you, let, let, let's, let's take a look at what the financial situation is because – they really are in a bit of a pinch. Now, they're not taxpayers this year, and they are trying to avoid being taxpayers for as long as they can because when you become a taxpayer, you're not only just paying that tax, you risk paying a tax for uh, – you risk becoming a repeater. But the Celtics are in a position now where they – once they start paying the tax, they could be in that tax for – three, four years down the road. And once you get to that third year, you start paying a repeater tax. And here, here's how it breaks down without getting too crazy. Every $5 million you're over the tax line, the rate goes up. So up to $4.99999 million, you pay $1.50 for every dollar you're over the line. And then after that, for the next $5 million, it goes up to $1.75. And for the next $5 million, it goes up to two fifty, And that can really add up. If you end up being $15 million over the tax, you can end up paying twenty, almost $30 million just in taxes alone. 
when you get to the, the repeater, once you become a taxpayer for three years, instead of paying a dollar fifty in that first tier, you pay two fifty. Instead of paying a dollar seventy-five, you pay two seventy-five. It goes up a buck per every dollar. So in three years from now, if you're fifteen million dollars over the tax, your thirty million dollar tax bill is actually closer to almost forty-five to fifty million. Like you're really starting to pile up the money just for the sake of putting a, a payroll together. Meanwhile, the Celtics, they not only have Marcus Smart to pay, they have, like you said, Kyrie Irving. They're going to have uh, Jalen Brown coming up eventually. If the if the Celtics get that Lakers pick, that first round pick, if it's a second round pick next year, that that guy can make $7 million right away in his rookie year. The money really adds up. The Celtics are trying to balance a lot in the coming years. They're, they're going to pay a lot. But I, I just keep – I'm still thinking of Happy Gilmore quotes, man. <laughs> happy the gold jacket's your shooter's going to choke. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. So, well, the whole point of all of this – the whole point of all this as I try to keep this show on track is that the Celtics have a lot of money tied up uh, next year. They have $106 million tied up in 10 guys. That's before they pay Marcus smart. And they still, like I said, have that potential draft pick. The tax line next year is going to be somewhere around 120 million. So they, they risk being they're They're definitely going to be over the tax next year if they pay Marcus Smart. They, they will have to get rid of Marcus Smart. They have to let him walk and then still to put the team together. I don't think they can avoid being a taxpayer next year. So that's year one. And then, like I said, the year after that, Horford and er- Horford has a player option. So he's going to opt in for $30 million. Kyrie's probably going to opt out. You're going to have to pay him. Jeez. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. Team's going to get expensive. Team's going to get expensive, really expensive, really fast. And, you know, what do you do? Like, they're lucky that they've got, like, if Ojale pans out, they've got him locked up for the next three years really cheap. And they they have some nice, like, lower-priced guys. But, like, man, this this team's going to get really expensive really fast. You think about teams like – like, look at Cleveland. Cleveland's making – salary tax cutting uh, deals, like getting rid of Richard Jefferson for nothing, just cutting these guys and, and saving. They're just trying to save as much money as they possibly can. The Celtics are going to end up being in that situation in a couple of years. If they turn around and give Marcus Smart, what, $15 million a year, they're, that puts them significantly over the tax just next year. It's gonna be. They're going to be paying, paying a lot of money. Maybe the big checks like Happy Gilmore, man. <laughs> You're stuck on Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I'll probably just keep making Happy Gilmore references for the rest of the show. Okay. Well, let's. There's only 364 more days until hockey trials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to find podcasts without Happy Gilmore references, you should check out the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got shows for every NBA team. And chances are most of them aren't making Happy Gilmore jokes. They're probably talking about their teams getting ready for the season opener, like our friends at the Locked On Cavs podcast doing previews. If you want to check out from their perspective what they're saying about us, go check out the Locked On Cavs podcast. Really great. 
they've we've done a lot of crossover shows they're they're you know they're fun to listen to they they're really smart so check them out of course check out locked on nba and locked on fantasy for all of your fantasy basketball needs your team should already be drafted so if you need to make cuts you need to do whatever the josh lloyd's got you covered there nfl teams making bold final moves before the start of the season from our local experts to your ears these are the biggest stories on the locked on podcast network the Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, J.R. Smith, speaking of the Cavs and speaking of our opponent for this Tuesday night, J.R. Smith opened up his dumb yap and said that the Celtics are pretty much no challenge. Doesn't really think they pose a big threat to the, the, the Cavaliers. And to that, I say he's probably wrong. I mean, I don't know what – he's probably not I – mean, what are you going to say? Of course he's going to say that, He's but I, I think that the Celtics might actually be closer to the Cavaliers than we've come to think. Maybe I'm a little bit blinded by the preseason – I think the Celtics can move the ball really well. And when you look at the Cavaliers, they're being led by Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade on the perimeter. Who are they going to stop? Yeah, I I think JR is just trying to harness in the good energy, block out the bad, feel the flow, you know, work in it. Um, (laughs) But but no, seriously, though, if I were him, I wouldn't – consider any Eastern Conference team threatening either. But I I do think when you look at Cleveland's situation, I think the lack of shooting in their starting lineup with Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose could be a real issue. I think the defense of Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade, or ultimately Isaiah Thomas, when he's in the starting lineup, will be an issue. I think Isaiah Thomas's hip is a clear issue. So I don't think the Cavs are like as as no-brainer a pick as they have been the last few years just because of all the uncertainty. I do think if if everything goes right for them, they have a higher ceiling than anyone else. Um, But the Celtics are another one of those teams that if things go wrong for the Cavs could potentially capitalize on that. And I'm never going to bet against LeBron James in the Eastern Conference until some team knocks him off. That's just, I'm not going to do that. The last time he lost in the Eastern Conference, Kyrie was... In high school, Jason Tatum was like 12. Like, I, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> Never going to do it uh, until it actually happens. But so JR is probably kind of justified in his take. I didn't, I didn't think it was totally out of left field, but it was also just classic trash talk. Like, I loved it. I loved it because yeah. everyone else is trying to downplay it and not trying to make headlines. 
Kyrie's like saying all the right things and LeBron and Ty Lue, like everybody's kind of saying the right things. And then JR comes in and he's like, oh yeah, the Celtics, <laughs> I don't see them as a threat. Like, like <laughs> yeah, they got Kyrie, but last year they had Isaiah. We still smoked them. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of J.R. Smith's honesty in that moment. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, it, it's, it's fun. It's definitely fun for the whole thing, for, for the whole rivalry and all of that stuff. But in reality, in reality, if you look at this matchup, of course, you're not going to bet against LeBron James. You're not. He's they're better. They're better. But again, look at look at the, how this team is constructed and look how the Celtics are constructed and where the strengths are. The Celtics are very strong on the perimeter. They have a lot of perimeter scoring. Especially, you know, Kyrie, you can you can put LeBron on Gordon Hayward. You can't you, or they can try to put LeBron on somebody else and have him try to roam, but the Celtics still have guys at the point guard and the shooting guard like even even uh Jalen Brown. He's quick enough to get past Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's not guarding Jalen Brown. He's not guarding anybody. So Derrick Rose is a sieve. Dwayne Wade is a sieve. Kevin Love is not a, a, a great uh, individual defender. So your your defenders in that starting lineup are LeBron James and Jay Crowder. And LeBron's got a bad ankle. So And LeBron doesn't always give a damn in the regular season. In the regular season, he right, he coasts. Which look, he's he's going into what, his fifteenth season after coming out of high school. I mean, he's been in the in the finals every goddamn year, it seems. He's he's got a lot of miles on it, so of course he's going to coast during the regular season. Makes total sense. So they're they're going to give up. Look, last season we were talking about how bad the Cavs' defense was. This season it's going to be just as bad. Like they're going to struggle. They are going to struggle. Their defense at point guard got worse. They had Kyrie Irving last year, and it's going to get worse with Derrick Rose and Isaiah Thomas with a bad hip. So. Maybe not in the long run. I don't know. Cleveland's probably probably going to the finals, but it's not as clear cut as it was last year. I don't think. I think the Celtics have a much better chance matching up against the Cavaliers. Well, we'll see. They still got LeBron, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware of LeBron and his place on the Cavs. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's still on the Cavs, man. He's still there. Yes, he exists. Yes, and he's he's pretty good at, at hoops. Yeah, he's 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 good. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go. John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA Network of Podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. He's good. The price is wrong, bitch. Okay. (laughs) All right, I guess that's a good enough place to stop. <laughs> Do you have any other points to be made? Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the 
the opening night, man. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about Kyrie's return? We didn't we didn't get to hear your thoughts. What are your predictions oh, yeah. for what Kyrie's going to do in his return to Cleveland? Is he going to score think, ninety points? A hundred? Hundred ten? Um, eh, let's not. Is get he going to take off his 75. ice skate and stab somebody with it and be the second guy to ever do that after Happy Gilmore? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I expect him to get into a knockdown drag out fight with Bob Barker at some point. <laughs> and yeah, I I look I think I think Kyrie's probably going to score like thirty, and but he's he's still going to do it within the flow. Like again, going Feel back the to flow, point, working it, working it, doing the bull dance. <laughs> what if he starts doing the bull dance, man? Uh, then I, I would change uh, my pick for the Eastern Conference titleist. I would say Celtics are going to win the East if he does the bull dance. That's a fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, do you think? Do you think he would invite um, one of the rookies to meet him out at uh, was <laughs> ninth. the ninth the ninth hole? <laughs> oh man! All right, well, let's get back to basketball talk. What, what do you think? Oh, okay. What do you think Tatum Tatum's going to do in the starting lineup? I think he's going to be, you know, solid, but he's, I don't think he's going to score a ton. I, I think he's going to probably, we're probably going to see from him more of what we saw in the preseason opener, like nerves. You know, he's, he's going into Cleveland. He's facing LeBron. He's going to be nervous. And I think a bunch of his shots are going to look way off. I'd be surprised if he's like cool and calm. Like he got himself more comfortable, but now like, it's the season, and he's going to be, okay, here we go. And honestly, and, that front court is just hellish for a skinny 19-year-old to cover. That's just it, a big, skilled, strong front court. I mean, obviously, there's not like centers. They don't have an actual center, but they've got three guys who are very good at basketball, very strong, very mature basketball players. It's a tough matchup for him to go yeah. into Who's right away. Who's he going to guard? Crowder? Probably Crowder, I would think. You no, know, that's that's tough. Crowder's a big, tough dude. Yeah, and so, they'll switch a lot, so he'll be on LeBron sometimes. Well, that, and that's Good my luck point. with that, kid. Who, who, whoever he checks is immediately going to start setting picks for LeBron and, and force switches so LeBron can switch on to Tatum and just toast him as much as he can. Like, I think they're going to pick on Tatum – for uh, is however long he's in there. So I don't know how long he's going to last, but I definitely think they're going to try to pick on him as soon as they can. I, I You know, he's, like you said, skinny 19-year-old rookie. I don't think he's going to have a great game. You know, I think Hayward and uh, Kyrie are going to do well. I think Kyrie's going to really be motivated, no matter what he says, to go back there and have a really good game, and I think he's going to do that. But... Uh, I, I don't. I don't really hold much hope out for for Tatum, which is fine. And I think maybe throughout the game, we'll, we we might see him used more with the second unit. Like he might get subbed out pretty quickly. You might throw Smart in there pretty quickly. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. But I think I think the Celtics have a good good opportunity to win that game. I think it'll be close. How bad do you think the crowd is going to kill Kyrie? Oh, I think it'll be bad. I really do think it'll be bad. I, I think they'll give him an ovation too, though. I, I think that it'll be like one of those things where they recognize what he accomplished and then give him hell for how he left. 
Yeah. So like the opening like, ovation and then the yeah, like whenever they have the video tribute, I think there will be applause because like he really did a lot yeah, sure, for that franchise. He helped. He literally gave them a title with his step back three pointer in Game Seven of the NBA Finals. So, like, I think you have to recognize that, but I also fully understand their distaste for him at this point. But, you know, the one thing about the people in Cleveland is I think they understand that they got a pretty good haul in return for him. So it they can sit there and say, oh, God, it sucks that he forced a trade. But, you know, all right, good luck because, you know, when, when Isaiah gets healthy, we'll be fine. And we got Crowder and we got that pick. Like, I'm sure plenty of them are, are – you know, hate the fact that he forced him his way out of there. But the reality is their team is just as good as it was last year. Once, once, um, once Isaiah comes back, I think they're fine. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I I think they're going to boom, but you're right. I think and, once they, when they show that video tribute, they'll, they'll probably cheer him for that. And I think Cleveland fans also realize that the Cavaliers are just in disarray. Like, not their actual team, but the front office, ownership. Like, there's so much instability there. I don't think you can really blame someone for wanting out. Like, like if... No, I know. I, for, yeah, for sure. It's one thing if you want it out of, like, a, a, a perfectly great situation. And basketball-wise, like, Cleveland was an unbelievable team. They were fantastic. But there was so much else to it that I don't think you can blame Kyrie for leaving. I, I was actually talking to my Uber driver in Cleveland about LeBron tonight. And he's like, yeah, we think we think he's gone probably, but like, we're thankful he came back and got us a championship. It's like, oh, well, I guess, all right. All right. They're, they're kind of an enlightened group these days. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, though. They, I, I'm glad they recognize that. That front office, not just that front office, it's the ownership. The ownership is just a mess, and it's hard not to recognize that. I mean, Dan Gilbert's a jerk. He just sucks, and he's lucky that LeBron ended up coming back to Cleveland. Uh, so they they kind of lucked their way into that, and he's doing everything he can to drive them out of there again. I really do. I think Dan Gilbert might be the worst owner in the NBA that's not named James Dolan. I mean, that's, that's a, a tough company. Who else would be bad? What about uh, Rob Sarver? Vivek over in Sacramento? He's not great. He is not great at all. Um, I don't know if he's calmed down a little bit. It seems like Sacramento has sort of stabilized. Ever since they recently. traded Cousins, man. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, yeah. But even... But, like, Renadive was, like, the – they had to wait for him to finally say, okay, fine, you can trade him. That, that, that's part of why that whole trade went down the way it did. It was just a weird series of events. Not to go down that road again, but, you know, Renadive was purely team boogie. And as soon as he, he – acquiesced for just a split second. They said, fine, do it, do the deal. Boom, done. And it's over. And it just happened so fast. So he's terrible. Uh, like I said, Rob Sarver in Phoenix is terrible. Uh, Gilbert Dolan, 
who else is left? I think those are the really, really bad owners. Um, Clay Bennett in OKC has finally loosened up and let them kind of do things and spend money. But, uh, you know, and he, he was dirty when he moved the team from Seattle. But uh, he's on the outside of that tier. He's, he's in the next tier of, of owners. I, don't, I don't, can't really think of anybody else that's terrible. I'm sure but it'll come to group. us later. But that's my group. I think it's a solid group. Dolan is the absolute worst owner in the NBA. Yeah, if Followed I saw myself in clothes like that, I'd have to kick my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Still going with those references. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so <laughs> completely, completely thrown off by this whole thing. But James Dolan spoken is like a true asshole. <laughs> <laughs> James Dolan is the type of guy who would tell somebody he eats pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Yeah. You eat that's, pieces that's... of shit for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you think happens? What do you think happens? Projection. Pick a side. Who wins? Season uh, opener. Cleveland wins. LeBron is going to be too much. LeBron is often too much. But I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if the Celtics win. I, I, I'll say. I think it's going to be a good game. I think both sides will be very ready for this one. Yes, I agree. I'm going to go with the Celtics. I'm yeah, go with the Celtics. shocker there. I'm going go with the Celtics. What the hell? Why not? What there do you, you say? Go. There you what go. What do you say? What are you trying to say about me? Mista, Mista. <laughs> All right. If you're not a subscriber to this wonderful podcast, please do subscribe. Uh, as a reminder, if for some reason you have uh, stumbled upon us and you are a regular Audioboom listener, for some reason, if you are listening to us, you should know by now. But we have moved to this megaphone app. If you go to LockedOnCeltics.com, that's our new online home. Go to LockedOnCeltics.com. All of the podcasts will live there. Wherever we go, you can just go to LockedOnCeltics.com and find all of our podcasts there. The players, the embeddable players there, have all of our subscription information. Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the RSS feed. If you have one of those podcast apps, you just plug in our RSS feed. You can do that. It's there. So it's all on LockedOnCeltics.com. That's what I call a hole in one. <laughs> are you like watching the movie as we're doing this show i've seen that movie like five million times man i, I can recite every single line you are the preeminent happy gilmore expert i love that movie man i did not realize that you were such a happy it's a good movie it's funny but holy shit you like have the whole thing memorized i mean of course it, it's it's probably the greatest movie that that ever was created. I think so. I think so. I mean, people might say Citizen Kane, or Gone with the Wind, or but now I think Happy Gilmore. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Happy Gilmore fans should rate us five stars wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> yeah, you should. I earned those five stars. Uh, reward Jay's encyclopedic knowledge of the movie Happy Gilmore. Uh, join us next time on the Locked On Happy Gilmore podcast. But uh, for now, this is the Locked On Celtics podcast, and we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Damn you, people. This is golf, not a rock concert. (laughs) 
You are insane with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta know those Happy Gilmore quotes, man. I sat here for half an hour waiting for you to get on online. And in that time, I was doing so much math, trying to figure out salary cap projections and all this shit. And your whole show <laughs> just turned into a Happy Gilmore quote. Though. Yeah, J. King and John Corrales, locked on Celtics, Millie. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.